Peace and blessings, y'all. Peace and blessings. This is Coach AD, and you are tuned into the Allison Denise podcast, where we show you how to get from where you are to where you want to be by learning how to lo- how to live before love comes, not after. We're not waiting around for that. We're going to live right now, right? <laughs> so I am transformational and relationship coach, Allison Denise. It is my purpose, pleasure, and passion to be with you guys every Wednesday evening while we focus on a particular topic that allows you to get ready for what you say you want in life, in love, in money. <laughs> By focusing on yourself and what you do have instead of focusing on what's not here right now, because that that can kind of get a little depressing if you think about it for too long. So we're not going to do that. So so why don't we go ahead and get into some of y'all's favorite (laughs) some of y'all's favorite uh, uh, segment, which is the stop spreading this shit. Stop spreading this shit. This is a segment where I talk about a particular mindset, concept, or thought process that has been widely accepted as truth, but is really, why is there a gnat in here? (laughs) But has been widely accepted as truth, but is really bullshit if you break it down and pay attention to what it's actually saying. And so each week, I want to try to bring up one of these thoughts not for the purpose of bashing anybody, not for the purpose of saying something that will hurt feelings, but for the express purpose of changing our mindset so that the things the things that we accept to be truth end up becoming truth for us. And so I think that there's a lot of us who are accepting certain things as truth. And because of that, we're experiencing a lot of negativity that we don't really have to receive. And so I just want us to think about some of the things that we're hearing from a different perspective. All right. So this week's Stop Spreading This Shit topic is as follows. The common denominator is you. (laughs) Y'all have heard this, right? The common denominator is you. If you keep going through the same things, then the common denominator must be you. Blah, blah, blah. It must be you. It's you, it's you, it's you. Okay. So let's let's talk about why this is shit. Can we do that? Can we talk about why this is BS? I want y'all to think about, I'll just bring up two examples. I first want you to think about being in a drive-thru, right? You're in drive-thru. You're waiting to get your order. You get to the to the window and you get ready to give your card and someone says, no, you don't have to pay the car in front of you already paid. You still think that that's a cool thing, right? You're like, wait, really? Somebody already paid for my order that doesn't know me? Now, the initial reason for that shock is because what? It's not something that normally happens. Now, it doesn't matter if you choose to continue to process and you decide to pay for the car behind you. That's not the point of this. I just want you to think about the initial thought that you had when you went to pay for your food and found out that someone you didn't know already did it for you. The initial initial thought is a pleasant surprise, shock, or whatever. That's the initial response, right? All right, so let me bring up another one. Let's say that you're in the grocery store. Let's say you only need two or three items. 
you go in and unfortunately none of the 10 items or less aisles are open so you have to go into the aisles with the other people and let's just say that you end up in the shortest line but the person in front of you literally has a basket full a shopping cart full of food like up to the top they turn around they look at you and they just say no come on in now let's say that you go ahead and take you get in front of them and you've already said thank you but let's say that when you get to the register even though that person lets you in front of them they tell the cashier don't charge her just add it to my order she can get in front of me but go ahead and bag her stuff bag his stuff and just add that to my order you're gonna feel initial shock right because it's not normal. So you're gonna say, thank you. You're gonna say, I appreciate it. Sometimes you may say, are you sure? And to those of you who do that, stop doing that shit. Take your blessing. <laughs> Take your blessing. But you do it because it is just that odd, right? It's not normal. And then I'll talk about it from the perspective. I know that there is a... Uh, there's a thought process specifically in the Christian community, but it, it works in any area where we refer to people as being the salt of the earth. Now, for those who are not sure what I mean when I say salt of the earth, what I'm what they're basically saying is that there are these genuinely kind, genuinely sweet, big hearted, open hearted, have no ill will towards anyone, people who are on this earth. And they call them the salt of the earth because if you think about the, the particular purpose of salt when you're putting it on food, it's to add some type of flavor, right? But we all know what happens if you happen to put too much salt, correct? If you happen to put too much salt, then that means it's going to mess up the whole experience of eating that particular meal because now you're just going to taste salt. Why am I bringing these three situations up? Because when we talk about the common denominator being you, what we are typically saying is that if someone, number one, is choosing to open up and talk about a particular experience that they keep dealing with over and over, what we're saying to that person, number one, just in case you're not aware that you're saying this, the first thing you're saying is don't talk to people because instead of people listening to understand, to support yada 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 what you're saying when you bring up the common denominator is you in certain situations what you're saying is don't talk to me because i'm just gonna throw it back in your face you chose to be vulnerable and i'm just gonna tell you that the common denominator is you and usually the people who say that are sheep because sheep continue to allow themselves to be programmed what they've heard over a million times and because they've heard it a million times or they heard it from a favorite singer or a favorite rapper or a favorite social media influencer it, it must be true right it sounds deep so it must be true right no it's not right not in every situation because when we're talking about salt of the earth or the two examples that i mentioned those situations stick out in our minds because they're not something that we normally deal with we're used to people we're more used to people being rude we're used to people cutting us off on the highway 
We're used to people trying to cut us in line. We're used to people complaining. We're used to people lying. We're used to people being rude, inconsiderate, thinking of themselves, self-centered. We're used to that. So when when we run across a person who is actually kind, who is generous, who offers to pay for a meal, who actually waits for you to get to a door so you don't have to touch it, who offers to pump your gut, anything like that, any act of kindness, we have been systematically programmed for that to be a beautiful thing because we have walked out that the norm is for people to be about themselves. So if we know that the norm is for people to be about themselves, why have we not added up the fact that if you were in fact talking to someone who tends to be a good hearted person and you know they are, why have we not also figured out that if their personality and their generosity is rare, then by default, they're going to run into more shit than sugar. The, the reason I want to talk about it, I, I want to say it from this perspective. If you are an asshole, you habitually cheat, you habitually lie, you habitually treat people like they're replaceable, interchangeable, um, you do everything you can to try to make people know that they can't get to you emotionally by trying to emotionally destroy them. If you are someone who gets a kick out of doing this literally to everyone that you meet and you're sitting around talking to your friends because you say you can't seem to find a good woman or you can't seem to find a good man or karma is kicking your ass in other areas, your, your money is never right. You can't seem to keep a job. Nothing seems to be going right in your other life. In this instance, if someone says, bro, sis, the common denominator is you. You got shit happening to you because you're doing shitty things to people that don't deserve it. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I will even say, yes, there are some people who are dealing with self-esteem issues, people who are dealing with... Um, insecurities well you know hell all of us have insecurities don't let the confident people tell you they don't have insecurities they lying they lying if you got a confident person still using a filter they got a damn insecurity that's just a you know a helpful tip but you have people who do have particular wounds or scars or something of that nature that can reflect in the people that they're choosing or the people that they won't let go of there is some truth to that but when people are using the phrase, the common denominator is you, and most of you have heard it, it's always from a place of judgment. It's never from a place of understanding. It's never from a place of, well, wait a minute, let's, let's figure out why that keeps happening. And a lot of times it's also because people are really, really, really self-centered and they would rather throw a blanket answer at you then take the time to really listen to you because since it doesn't involve them, they just don't want to put a lot of effort into it. But when you hear the phrase, the common denominator is you, it is usually not from a place of understanding and we're not also taking into effect what situations the person is talking about. We're not. Think about one of your best qualities, because most of the people who are watching me, you are either an empath, 
you're someone who's getting over one or more multiple breakups that were not normal. You've been through a lot of painful breakups, a lot of traumatic situations, uh, possible emotional, mental, verbally abusive, narcissist, whatever. You have been through something and you're still choosing to get up. The reason I want you to stop accepting this type of nonsense as being truth is because I need you to understand that even though we tend to find each other, even though empaths tend to find empaths and good people tend to find good people in terms of friendships, I'll be glad when good people finally learn how to find each other in these dating streets, but that's another topic for another day. <laughs> but when you are someone who tends to attract good friends, open uh, open and, and big hearted friends, generous friends tend to be around other generous people. Even though we do that, I need you to understand that in the grand scheme, looking at it from a big picture perspective, y'all, we're still rare. And we know that because a lot of us have said, I know there aren't a lot of people out here like me or like us, but also understand that that means by default, you're going to run into more shit than sugar. That doesn't make you the common denominator of anything. It means that you are out here living life. And we know right now in, these, in, the, in this world, there are more people out for themselves than people who care about others. And what I want us to do is stop listening to stuff like this, because this is one of the things that starts the process of good people turning into assholes. Nobody seems to care that I just don't, that I, I don't have a, a desire to hurt other people. People always get, I, I try to be good and then I get crapped on. And then even my own friends are trying to tell me that it's my fault. So I'll just stop being that. I'll stop being kind. I'll stop being considerate. I'll stop caring. I'll stop being sensitive. I'll stop being generous. Phrases like this is what changes us. And we don't need to change a damn thing. We may need to change how long we give people time once we figure out that they're not good for us I support that we may need to learn how to say goodbye sooner I support that we may need to learn how to stop thinking that uh the only person that's meant for us is supposed to be in a particular package and look a particular way and have a particular uh lifestyle or career I'll support that but to say that look I'm being hurt because it's my fault no you can be a kind person that just keeps running into assholes. Ask me how I know. <laughs> Don't ask me. <laughs> Dwayne says, my best friend calls us, see, I've been called that too, unicorns, exactly. The day we start seeing a unicorn on every corner and that becomes normal, then you can start using this phrase. Until then, those of you who may have said it, stop saying it. And those of you who have heard it, reject it immediately, unless you're an asshole. <laughs> and you know if you're an asshole. <laughs> I am all for the self-love movement. I am all for, um, Ellery says, I will continue to be loving, caring, kind, and helpful, but my experiences of late have led me to do it for less people. I won't be mean. I won't be unkind. I just cut people out of my circle. 
I support this 100%, but we're going to stop sitting around here telling people like us that we have brought pain on ourselves. That is bull. And usually, you know what? Now that I think about it, if you, if you think about some of the people who have said this to you, sit back and think, have they done shitty things to other people? Because, you know, one of the things that shitty people love to do is find a way to blame the, the person who was shitted on. They love to find a way to shit, you know, find a way for us to feel shitted on because then it lets them off the hook. And we know assholes love being let off the hook. They love it. PA says, when I finally did my research, I was shocked to learn that empaths tend to attract vampires and narcissists. Yeah, because in an un, an unhealed undisciplined empath is on the other side of the coin of the narcissist. That's what the attraction is. The attraction is that a lot of times until we know what we are, until we know we're, we're an empath, until we know that we have this ability to feel certain things, until we know that every feeling we have doesn't belong to us, a lot of us walk in codependence. A lot of us walk in the I just want to fix. We don't know that that's why we're doing it, but we walk, we have this mindset. I just want to fix. I just want to make him feel better. I just want to make her feel better. And the thing is, until we understand it, codependents are really nothing more than unlimited givers. So of course they're going to attract narcissists because they're unlimited takers. Now, when you figure out what empath means, when you figure out that you are one, when you start to really dig deep in your own healing, because as you heal from that codependency, as you gain more knowledge about what it is that you are, and as you start to understand that every feeling you have is not necessarily a reflection of how you feel, it could be that you just picked up some other person's stuff. As you do that, your desire to fix starts to tank. And as your desire to sit around and try to fix people starts to tank, and as you start to get a grasp on, on this gift, narcissists bother you a lot less. And even if they don't, because we can't control who comes up to us, we can only control who we let stay. Even if they do continue to come up to you, you won't be attracted to them. And they're going to lose interest because they're going to realize that you don't have an open door that they can use to manipulate you. And you'll, you'll be boring to them. Healthy people aren't entertaining to narcissists at all. <laughs> so I want us to really think about some of the things that we are choosing to believe and some of the things that we are choosing to receive, even from the, the, the people that love us and the people that we trust. Mindsets like this, we have to really think about who we are and where we were coming from in those particular situations. If you can honestly say, I was coming from a place of codependency. I've been coming from a place where I wanted to try to fix people and I didn't know that that's what I was doing. The common denominator in that case is not, it's not that it's you from a judgmental perspective, it's that you were unaware of a particular personality trait that you were carrying. That's easier to ingest, isn't it? It would be easier for a friend to tell you, you know what? I've noticed that you tend to be very open hearted and very kind to people, but I noticed that sometimes you don't necessarily know when to back off when they start to show that they don't want to be fixed. 
Is there a chance that you're doing that in other situations too? That's a lot easier to handle than you. Well, you know, the common denominator is you and you are what you attract. Don't believe that shit. If you know you're coming from a good place, you have a better chance of having a gift that is undisciplined than you do of being an asshole. Now, if you, like I said, if you know where, where, whether you're talking to people when you're sitting off by yourself in your room or wherever, if you sitting back, you like, you know, I really didn't have to treat that person that way. That was not, that wasn't right. If you know that and you can say multiple times that you've done that, yeah, the common denominator is you. Stop bringing shit to other people and then the universe will stop bringing shit to you. Simple. But know who you are and stand on that shit no matter what people try to tell you. Okay? Henry says, this is so true. AC says subconsciously attracting projects. Absolutely. Because we were taking joy in fixing, but because we didn't have a proper understanding of what an empath meant, we're taking joy in thinking that we're helping people, but we don't understand that we're taking joy in helping people who don't want to be helped. And more importantly, they want to try to see if they can break us first. But if you're not doing it consciously, you don't know that's happening until someone pulls you to the side to start saying, hey, you're an empath. You're a highly sensitive person. I want you to start doing some research so we can start to figure out how you can learn to separate yourself from other people's feelings and emotions. That way you can help them without taking it with you when they leave. That is more beneficial. Henry says, does an empath experience a high they take on other people's problems. Um, I don't think it's a high, at least it hasn't been for me. What it felt like for me before I got it under control, it felt like um, it made me feel useful because again, a lot of times until you get that empath part checked, you walk around in a ton of codependence and codependence says, I'm not worthy unless I'm helping. I'm not worthy unless I'm giving everything. And so when I would run into someone who was broken or whatever, and they would start talking to me and I knew that a lot of times they were probably not sharing this with other people. I wasn't feeling special from the mindset of, of arrogance. Oh, I know secrets that other people don't know. It wasn't from that mindset. It was more of a, they know, they, they see that I'm helpful. They see that I can help. They see that my heart's right. And that just makes me want to keep giving all of this help to them. But we, what I wasn't doing was sitting back to see, okay, are they talking because they want help or are they talking because they want sympathy? Usually they asses just wanted sympathy because the minute I got sick of listening to it or sick of them treating me the way they treated me, they just went on to the next person to share the same story because they just wanted the sympathy. They don't want to be fixed. PA says, I am now retired from projects. I, <laughs> I think you have come on to the platform since I said this I don't think I've said it in a while but one of the things I used to say in my videos PA is the hospital of Allison is closed and to make sure it stayed closed I burned the bitch to the ground <laughs> so that is the stop spreading this shit series I hope it's been helpful if for that reason alone you think that this is going to be something that uh someone you know needs to hear don't forget to go ahead and share this video to your platforms, to your pages, any groups that you may be in. And 
consider suggesting to your crew and your tribe that they subscribe to my channel so they can continue to hear more information like this. Not because I just want to have a bunch of followers, but because I want to have a bunch of people who know that there is one channel they can go to where they're not going to continue to feel like being good is a curse. <laughs> that is what got me to the point of bitterness back in the day. I got tired of being made to feel like who I was was a curse. It's my fault that I'm giving. It's my fault that I'm kind. It's my fault that I'm caring. I got sick of walking away feeling like that. So I just stopped listening to a lot of the BS that I was listening to. And I started to break it down for the BS that it was. And I now want to have a channel where we can have one space where you know. I'm going to go to Allison's channel because y'all, something you're saying ain't sounding right. Let me see if I can find a video. And if you don't see the video, email me right down here at the bottom, the adpodcast2020 at gmail.com. If you don't see the video, email me and I'll do a topic about it. That I can promise you, either live or I'll upload one, okay? All right, y'all. So let's get into tonight's topic. And uh, for those who tuned in last week, last week I talked about the fact that uh, I wanted you to have a notebook or whether it's digital, pen and paper, whatever. I wanted us to go back to the topic from the first episode of this new season where we were talking about doing an inventory of where we are um, after we finally leave one or more a particular traumatic, toxic, negative, or abusive breakups, okay? And for those who have just dated and the situations didn't work, you may sometimes find that what I say is a little intense. But the reason that you hear me talk with such intensity is because I'm not one who has had the benefit of dealing with normal breakups, and I think that there's a lot of people who are watching who have that same experience. We may have had one or two that were normal, but because of a combination of being an empath or having insecurities or uh, having wrong things instilled to us that we had to eradicate as adults, when even though it's been there since we were children, regardless of how those things came into play, a lot of us have not had the benefit of a regular, we dated for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, we realized we were better off as friends and we've moved on. We, a lot of us don't have that experience. A lot of us have experiences where we've been resorted to fetal position in the corner, uh, having issues that have caused us to need therapy. We have gone through those situations. And a lot of times people will hear that. And it's usually people who have the potential to cause that kind of pain that want to mock it and ridicule it. So that is why you see me speak, speak with the intensity that I do, because it's one of those, one of the ways I used to describe my narcissist. And one of the things I used to say to him, um, when I finally got my voice to talk back, one of the things I said to him is, you can't keep stabbing me and then complaining about how I bleed. So that's where my passion is coming from. We got a lot of people out here who are done wrong by the same people who then turn around and want to call you crazy, sensitive, uh, immature, childish, broken, whatever and some of them even want to turn around and call you toxic 
And when you don't have the proper circle of friends who can see that for the BS that it is, you start to feel isolated. And the worst place to be when you have been done wrong, mistreated multiple times, and now you feel unheard, the worst place that you can be is isolated. Don't ask me how I know that either. <laughs> so I wanted us to talk about the inventory. And so if you go back to season three, episode one, and I will put it up again for those who uh, maybe haven't watched it, I'll add it to the description once we uh, finish going live on YouTube. But what I did was give you a breakdown of the inventory and what are some things you can look for. And so I told you at that point that we were going to come back and start looking at each one of those things. They were each going to have their own video. And we spent a great deal of time on the first episode, breaking things down so that we could just spend a few minutes on each episode, giving you ideas to look for along with different things you can do to eradicate that particular part of your life. All right, so the very first thing that we talked about on season three, episode one, when we talked about the inventory, we talked about taking a physical inventory. And so I gave some examples, but I want to talk about some of the examples that you do have physical residue from these traumatic experiences and relationships. And then I want to talk about some things you can do to uh, overcome them. Okay. Now, the first one is the easiest. The first one is going to be a noticeable change in your appearance. Now, one of the ways that you can do this, and I caution you, make sure that you're ready because sometimes this affects people in different ways. But I want you to go back and find a photo before, either before you met that person or before you met the first of those kind of people, okay? So if you're someone who went through multiple situations like this, look for a picture before you met the first one. If you're only dealing with one person who has made you feel like you went through something traumatic, find a, part, find a photo before you met them. Then I want you to find another photo that you took after meeting them. Now, I'm not saying that you got to do a selfie at that moment. I mean, seriously, just go find a photo that you've already put up on social media, but it's a photo that you had while you were still dealing with that person. Okay. Usually you're going to see the difference. For some, it's just a difference in their eyes. They can see that their eyes aren't as bright. Some will notice their skin. These are going to be physical representations that what you've been through has left residue. Your are your eyes as bright as they used to be? Do you smile the way that you used to? Do you seem to have more blemishes, more acne? Is your skin not as glowy or is it more dull than it was when you met that person? How does your hair look? Do you notice that maybe you're not necessarily seeing the same edges that you had before you met this person. It can really affect every cell in your body. And that reflection, we think that that means it is a reflection of how sinister that person is, but it's actually a reflection of how much we let them in. It doesn't even have anything to do with them. You can tell how much you let bad energy in by looking at your before and after. So those are some of the things you can first look at. And then of course is the weight gain or the weight loss. Are you a lot thinner 
than you used to be, but not in a good way. One of the one of the things that uh, when my son was two, you know, that I was in this uh, domestic violence attack. Right. So one of the things that happened when I was in ICU, of course, because I couldn't eat, is that in 10 days I lost 15 pounds. Now, on the surface, it looked great. I had a woman who was at my son's daycare, a fellow mom. She came up to me one day. I had on this black jumpsuit. I mean, it was cute. I was cute. But she wanted to compliment me on my weight loss. And she was just like, you just look great. What did you do? And I didn't have to say anything. You know, I had grown pretty close to the two women who ran this daycare. And they told her, you don't want to go through what she did. Just keep going to the gym. So even though you look thinner... Even though you may have a flat stomach now, even though you might be able to wear the size four jeans or you may be able to wear a bikini or you don't have a gut anymore, even though that's happened, at what cost did you get that? And then, of course, there's the other side. How much weight have you gained? Did you not realize that you were a lot heavier until you looked at those before and after pics? That's something else you can check. Another thing could be the way that you dress. Did you dress in a way before that said, I'm single, I'm confident, I'm flirty, I'm comfortable with my body. I like to dress a little sexy, but I like to dress a little cool. If you're one of my brothers, did you tend to make sure that everything was coordinated? Did you always make sure that your hat was right and that your shoes were clean and, and all that good stuff? But when you look at that after pic, are my sisters noticing that they seem to be dressing now in a way that says, I don't want any more attention. Are you covered up from your neck down to your ankles? Because now you're thinking if I just cover myself up and this could be subconsciously, if I just cover myself up, nobody like him or her will get to me again. Let me just make myself as unattractive as possible. Are you doing that? Or have you started to dress that way because you now feel unattractive? but you didn't know it until you saw the photos. My brothers, are you someone who never wore sweatpants outside of the gym? And now you found a photo where you were actually at an event and you not only had sweatpants instead of the, the slacks that you would normally wear, but you noticed that the sweatpants got some holes in them. This exercise will tell you all you need to know about how healthy that relationship was. Just looking at your exterior will tell you how healthy that relationship was. You already knew it wasn't good for you because you finally broke away. But those photos will tell you exactly what you were putting yourself through while you were fighting for it to work. So those are some of the physical things that I want you to start looking at. And it starts with those pictures. I'm telling you, if you find a before and after, and again, be prepared, you may get angry, or you may cry. You usually won't feel a lot of middle of the road emotions. You either going to be really pissed or you're going to be really sad. And you might be a combination of the two. But that before and after pick is so eye opening. Now, what can you do to fix it? What can you do to fix it? So here, here's the steps that you can take to fix it. Think about everything that I told you to look at, your eyes, your skin, your hair, your dress, 
your weight. Think about what areas you can see have been affected. If your eyes have been affected, that's a spirit thing, okay? That, that is a sign that something about your spirit is not necessarily broken. I hate when people say that shit. Your spirit ain't broken. It may be bruised. You may be hurting really, really badly, but stop accepting that you're broken. I'm sick of people wanting to make you feel deficient and defective. And it, it, just stop it. The eyes are the window to the soul. If you don't see the same glow and the same shine in your eyes, it means that your soul was not properly cared for. Now, do you need someone else to do that for you? No, but you took the right first step by getting rid of the person who was sucking the life out of your soul. So if you notice a difference in your eyes, this is where you start putting that shine back. Let me tell you how you don't put that shine back. You don't put it back by drinking. You don't put it back by getting high. You don't put it back by adding substances. You don't put it back by eating more food. You don't put it back by uh, isolating. And you definitely don't put it back by hopping on or in another person. That won't bring the glow back. What will bring the glow back are things that I, that ironically aren't even related to your body. Start watching TV shows that make you laugh. Start watching uh, movies. Start watching comedy movies. Stay away from romance for right now because romance movies, they can they have their place. They can keep you motivated and they can help you visualize what you want. But when you are still broken, all those all those movies are going to do is continue to remind you of what you don't have and what didn't work. And you don't need that right now. Find stuff that makes you laugh. Find music that makes you want to get up and dance by yourself. Eat food that you know reflects how you do feel about yourself or how you want to feel about yourself at the end of this, this process. Love yourself enough to know that you don't have to continue to eat the way that you were eating for that comfort. Do more research on the way that you feel. See if there's books, audio books, other YouTube videos from trusted people that aren't judgmental assholes. Start to learn more about you. Start to put all of that attention that you put into trying to make him better, her better, or y'all better into making you better. If it's your skin, a lot of times this all you really need to do, or even my brothers who deal with this, start drinking more water. I don't know why, but that's one of the first things that we stop doing when we're sad. We don't think I need water. We think I need wine. Or we think in my case, uh, I need more ginger ale. I need more cranberry juice. We start reaching for stuff. We reach for, we reach for the sweet outwardly that we're not receiving from the person that we're with. I don't drink, but when I feel like I haven't had that affection or that attention or whatever, what I would use to, what I would do subconsciously, that would be when I craved cake more. That would be when I craved bread more. That would be when I craved uh, carbonated beverages more, juices more. It was because I wanted that sugar because I wasn't getting any sugar. Drink more water. Go outside. 
Continue to watch yourself laugh. Continue to be around people that you know you can trust. Because when you are around people that you know you can trust and you know you can be yourself around, when you are in that situation, you don't feel insecurities. You don't feel self-esteem issues. You're not self-conscious about anything. You are just you. And one of the best ways to bring that glow back on your own is to be in environments where you can just be you. All right. Now, so we talked about the eyes, we talked about the skin, the hair. The hair is a reflection of your diet or the way that you've been taking care of it. Did you leave braids in too long because you just didn't care about getting them done? Did you leave a, a, a wig on too long? Have you been using wigs to cover up the fact that you weren't taking care of your own hair? My brothers, have you put on baseball caps so much because you didn't feel like getting a haircut and now you're noticing a receding hairline and you don't know how to fix that so you just keep putting the cap on or the do-rag or whatever? Your hair is a reflection of what you're eating and, and or, or how you're taking care of what, it, what you have. You have to figure out if it's one, the other, or both. You start changing that diet, you may start to see some changes in the luster coming back. You decide I'm taking off this hat and I'm gonna start going to the barbershop again on a regular basis. You may start to see uh, the old you reappear. You decide I'm tired of using this wig to cover up the fact that I'm not dealing with my hair. I'm not really dealing with my hair because I don't feel attractive and I don't feel attractive because this last relationship made me feel like I wasn't desirable. So now I'm going to say bump that and I'm going to get in someone's chair and I'm going to ask them to help me get my hair back on track. See, it's all a process. And the thing is, if we focus more on getting ourselves out of these funks, these ruts and these residual effects of dealing in, with a situation like this, if we focus more on that, what you will find is you're too busy to wonder what he or she is doing. Yeah, you may have moments, but you're not obsessed. You'll be too busy getting yourself back on track. And when you see that one small win, it's going to motivate you to keep going. That's where we keep missing it. We won't stay focused on us. And a lot of times we have an issue staying focused on us because we've never stayed focused on us. We've always stayed focused on other people. So the idea of staying focused on us, it, we either have to develop a discipline to do it or it makes us feel like we're being selfish or we're, we're already so depressed. We're like, why would I focus on me? He wouldn't focus on me. If I can't have him after all the stuff that I did for him, then what is there about me that I even need to put any effort into? I, I tried everything and he didn't want me. She didn't want me. We got to refocus on us. All right. Henry says you can experience a lot of shame from family and friends when you break up with a long time. Look, you sure can, because a lot of them, they're thinking, you've been together so long, you should be able to work through anything. And a lot of times we don't understand they're looking at the longevity, but they didn't pay attention. They didn't see that we didn't have quality in that longevity. We just had quantity. That's another reason I'm not always flocking to the experience of people who have said they've been married for 20 or 30 years. I don't suggest anyone do that. 
that you have a lot of people who will tell you, well, don't listen to single people and single people shouldn't talk about relationships. And then you hear, well, I'm going to go talk to a person that's married. I, I, I don't care about their marital status. I don't care how long they've been married. I want to check for signs that they're healthy in that relationship. I know people who have been married 25 years and can't stand each other. They just can't afford to leave. I know people married 25 years that don't even sleep in the same bed. Why would I want it? Why would I want? And this is not from a place of judgment, but this is why I tell people stop looking at resumes. Look at the results. I'm not going to ask them for marital advice. Now I may ask them what put you in a position where you feel like you can't leave so I can make sure that I'm not following that path. But anyone who tells me, well, I'm going to go talk to someone. I'm going to go talk to them because they're married and I, and I trust it. Okay, go ahead. They got the resume. I know over here, I got results. I've saved marriages. I've kept people from getting divorced. I've also let people know that they don't need to get married to protect both of their spirits. But cool, go deal with your resume. All right, so let's get to the normal stuff. So when we're talking about um, the weight gain or the weight loss, okay? This is stuff that can be fixed, but you have to understand that in both cases, it starts here. If you... If you're one who tends to lose weight when you're depressed, I'm not going to say you have it easier. Some people will think you do because, oh, well, you just have to eat. Yeah, but you still got to eat the right things for the right reasons. So if you've noticed that you've stopped uh, eating or you've lost weight, now just figure out what kind of diet do I want now? What kind of diet feels good to me right now? Do I still want to eat everything just in moderation? Do I want to be a vegan? Do I want to be vegetarian? Do I want to be pescatarian? Do I want to try, you know, something to, to bulk up? And then figure out how you can do that in a way that becomes a habit, not a diet. Diets never work. You decide that you're going to make it a habit. It's just going to be a new way of life for you. Yeah, you're going to do it a little bit slower because it takes a little bit slower to develop a habit than it does to complete a diet. Give yourself grace and patience. Same thing if you need to lose weight. It's not always that you're eating too much. It could also be you're not eating enough. That was an issue I had. I didn't know. I figured, well... I'll just eat once a day. I don't really think about food. I thought that that meant I should still be small, but that's not how the body works. The body says, okay, I don't know when she gonna feed us again. So we gonna hold on to this fat. <laughs> I had to relearn to eat on a regular basis. So, the, so that my metabolism could pick back up. I had to also be mindful of what I was eating because I know me. I know my propensity for emotional eating. I know if I'm triggered, I'm not going to reach for cucumbers. I'm reaching for cake. I know that. Don't tell me anything about, I don't want to hear about a sweet potato. I already don't like them. And when I'm depressed, I definitely don't want no sweet potato. I want the biggest fry I can get from McDonald's or Whataburger. Spicy ketchup, please. So it was bigger than you need to lose weight. It was also figure out your triggers 
keep the things that you would reach for for your triggers, keep them out of the house so that you don't have them available. Then you have two options, go to sleep or go grab some grapes and figure it out. And then you do have to incorporate exercise of one of the, one of the biggest feelings that we have, especially if we deal with depression is this, it, it feels like this invisible weight. The weight makes you feel like you can't get out of bed. The weight makes you feel like you don't really want to do anything. The idea of working out, you know, you need to do it, but the idea of it, it just feels like this extra weight. And until you can get in here and start to push through the weight always wins, even though it's not there and it's not real, that, that invisible weight always wins. It all starts here. You have to decide I'm going to love me the way I tried to love him. If I saw him eating this, what would I do? Okay. Then do it. If I saw him drinking this, what would I say? Okay. Then say that. It all comes back to, I want to put the focus on me for just a little while. It's the stress and lack of sleep for me. Yep. Stress and lack of sleep. That lack of sleep is a beast. And when you, and at least with me, I also have ADHD. So if I'm not careful, I can go days without sleeping. I don't feel tired. Nothing says, Allison, you need to go to bed. I have to put myself in. I have to make myself do things that get me tired. I have to stay away from electronics. I have to stop watching certain things on TV. I have to go back to reading books, but it's got to be a book that keeps my attention without getting me excited, which is hard because I love to read. I've had to learn to meditate longer, listen to, you know, a particular megahertz of music that, that calms me down. You got to know you and you got to figure out what works. And then when you figure out what works, you got to keep doing it. Henry says, does eating alone after a serious breakup cause problems with weight? It can. I know that was an issue with me because I'd isolate better than anybody I know. I isolate to the point that I don't even know I've done it till I've been doing it for two or three weeks. Cause I'm just so used to being by myself. I'm so you because of the various relationships that I had been in that didn't work and, and how hurtful they were. Um, I just got to a point where it's like, you know what? Folk can't hurt me if I'm not around folk. And because I messed up and spent time enjoying my own company, I really don't care if I see people. I love being with, I can go to concerts by myself. I can go to dinner by myself. I'll take myself to a movie and not even think twice about, I love my company so much. I got to dial it back and say, Allison, <laughs> I'm going to need you to get around some people. <laughs> so yeah, when you're, if you are, if you're eating alone and the relationship ended specifically if you didn't want it to end or they hurt you really badly and you didn't do that same thing to them, that eating can become your new partner. And all the time that you want to spend with that partner will reflect in how much you eat. Okay. Now, lastly, clothes. The first thing you have to understand is clothes shouldn't have you. You should have them that you don't need to be a label hoe. You don't need to be a slave to a label. 
you make the clothes the clothes don't make you that that's rule number one but number two look at the way that you dressed before and look at the way that you dressed after before doesn't necessarily mean better is there a chance that you were dressing to reflect your need for attention is there a chance, my brother, that you were always dressed impeccably because you felt that you needed to compensate for maybe not being six feet? You hadn't, you, you were still dealing with issues not being a tall guy, or you were dealing with issues for uh, not being built or whatever. Were you using dress to cover up the way that you felt about yourself? It doesn't always mean, well, I want to go back to how I dressed before. Uh 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 uh. uh. Think about why you dress that way first. <laughs> now, once you figure that out, now you can figure out how you need to dress going forward. You know what? I love me. And if nobody else loves my body, I do. I see some areas that I may want to fix. And so I'm going to do what I need to do to fix those areas. But in the meantime, I love the way I look. I love the way, and I'm not going to let anybody else tell me that I make me feel like I got to hide, cover, suck in, whatever. Let me, let me figure out how to dress in a way where it, where I know I'm accepting me good and bad. And you may find that that way of dress won't even look like the way you did before. Start wearing stuff that reflects you. And I'll, and I'll say this specifically for those who are dealing with depression of any kind. Um, also, while being in this pandemic where we're spending a lot of time in the house, it is so easy to get comfortable in the pajamas all day. It is so easy to get comfortable just wearing T-shirts and all this other stuff. One of the first things you can start doing to make yourself feel better, make yourself take a shower every day. I said it every day. Sometimes I take two or three, but I got OCD. It is what it is. <laughs> make yourself take a shower every single day. Make yourself put on deodorant. Make yourself brush your teeth. Make yourself put on moisturizer, body oil, whatever it is. Perfume, cologne. Make yourself do that every single day make yourself open up your windows every single day why because these are the two things that we don't feel like doing when we've been triggered hurt or depressed you don't believe me ask someone who's been depressed how long they've gone without taking a bath because the idea made them feel exhausted we got to push through Make yourself put on jeans, make yourself put on a, a dress, make your, even if you sitting, you sitting in the house with your jeans on, it's fine. You sitting in the house with a cute top, that's fine because it's not about impressing other people and it's not about you feeling silly because you're at home. It's about you reminding yourself that you are not this current situation and I'm going to dress like I'm walking out of this situation because I am walking out of this situation. Uh, you got me on the one yeah open them windows because we want to hide we feel how how do we have to stop feeling the shame because of how somebody else chose to treat us we ain't had nothing to do with that we want to feel ashamed we want to hide out we want to keep attention off of us because that person made us feel ugly unloved unlovable undesired 
and and like we'll we'll never have what we've been trying to give other people and all of those things will tell us just just fall back fall away into the background where nobody can see you do whatever you can to not be seen so that no one else can find you and hurt you again we got to work through that So that is what I wanted to talk about tonight. I hope it was very helpful. I just want to leave this thought with you guys. We're just talking about the physical aspects. When you do this exercise, when you do this before and after, when you do this before and after, I want you guys to remember that this is not to condemn, put yourself down, criticize, pick yourself apart. It is a simple exercise to see how much did this bad relationship or series of bad relationships affect me in ways that I didn't know? It is nothing more than a time of discovery so that you know exactly what your game plan needs to be to get to a better version of yourself, okay? All right, guys, I appreciate you so much for tuning in. Some of you asked last week, and I don't think I brought it up. If you are interested in donating to the platform, all money that is donated goes towards some aspect of the Allison Denise platform. Please feel free to use I am Allison Denise either on PayPal or Cash App. If you use Zelle, inbox me either on Facebook, uh, send a message here on YouTube, and I can reach out to you on the back end, and, and I'll get you the information for Zelle. But again, all, all donations, all proceeds go to something related to the Allison Denise brand. So if you are interested in that, please feel free to use those different channels, okay? So I want you to work on your physical residue, and I want you to have a game plan together of what it is you're going to use to get better. And it doesn't have to be what you've seen other people do. Figure out what works best for you. And if you're not sure how to put a plan together, make sure that you reach out to someone that you trust. If any of you are at a point where you are ready to start dealing with, with some issues one-on-one, -on -one, I am available for one-on-one -on -one coaching. I will put a link in the description as well for you to go ahead and select a particular three-month package that you think will work best for you, okay? All right, guys, I love you. I appreciate you taking this time with me again. You will find this uploaded on Spotify tomorrow with musical interludes, and you will also find it on Apple Podcasts. Edit it down just a bit, okay? Until next week, I love you guys. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. We've got another video, another upload coming this coming Friday, and we want you to feel free to be one of the first to see it. Don't forget to like and share. Peace.